0: Doing a sound check again.
1: Okay, one ninety-four medium wave, ninety-five point eight stereo VHF. This is Jonathan Bradley from the shed. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good overnight.
0: Should we we go straight into it? We may as well.
1: I think we should. Okay. I I haven't. I I haven't got um, my links for you. I'm afraid, but I do want to bring up my book. Oh you, Which I think connects rather nicely. Oh.
0: For a second there I thought I meant you were on about your real your your book, not
1: what oh, no, 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 you no, had no, no. in your hand. No, I will have that very soon.
0: Okay, hang on. Let me just reposition my uh my screen because I feel like I've got a big penis in my face and I can't
1: there we go. Is oh. that better for you? That's lovely for me, darling.
0: Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, oh my goodness. Um Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. This is Anthony Price.
1: And this is Jonathan Bradley, live on the podcast from my shed. Yay! (laughs) At last, I am in my shed and I can't tell you how exciting this is to be broadcasting uh, from the shed. And you
0: wouldn't think it's a shed looking at it you would think it's a professional... Oh, actually, I'd say it looks like another room in the house because you've even got pictures up. Is that a, an infrared sensor in the corner, in the far corner on the wall?
1: No, uh, that is a fridge.
0: No, no, not the blue the fr- thing. The one above it, There's oh. in the right, in the top's corner in the ceiling. Is that... What is that?
1: Ah, no, that. Yeah. That is something that I managed to put into my shed yesterday, which is my Bose speaker system. Oh... Please. So yesterday afternoon, I was rocking. I've got this um, ancient old CD player, which I refuse to get rid of because mm. it's a beautiful thing. It's called an Onkyo. Onkyo? That's the one. Yeah, no Onkyo. And I, with it, I've got boxes and boxes and boxes of CDs, which are now on my wall in my shelf system. And so yesterday I was playing all my all my favourites and... Uh, Jacking the thing right up in my shed, and I went out of my shed into the garden to hear it, see if I could hear it, and it was so quiet, lovely, brilliant. So
0: you can now play the Spice Girls without interfering with your neighbours.
1: Isn't that lovely? Well, (laughs) if you met my neighbours, you'd realise why I wouldn't want to interfere with them. Oh.
0: Yeah, it is Ramsgate, isn't it? I guess.
1: <laughs> um, so I think um, they'd want to interfere with me, uh, but, but possibly my wife. But there we are.
0: So, so would would you mind um, perhaps giving the listeners an auditory tour of your studio? I like. to See, I, I, do you do you want it to be known as a shed or a studio?
1: Um, do you know? I'm quite comfortable with it being called a shed okay. because it's it. You know, it's not pretentious. It's just here. It's It works as a studio.
0: Sorry to interrupt you. I think you just mentioned your Boa's speaker system and Onkyo, but it's not a pretentious shed.
1: All right, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> what I'm saying is that uh, it's got all this stuff in it, hmm. but you'd never know. You know, the idea is that it's a little old shed at the bottom of the garden, and then you come into it, a bit like a TARDIS, hmm. And inside, it's oh my god! That's not a shed. Uh, that that is a studio full of gadgets um, and Inspector Gadget kind of stuff. It's 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 a superb thing. Um, anyway, I'll describe it. I'll go I'll go round in a three sixty. So in, directly in front of me is my desk and my big big computer screen, and behind that is a wall. I call it the intellectual wall, the intellectual (laughs) wall. Very good, very good, yeah. You see what I did there? I did, excellent. It's it's got all my books on it. And hitherto, my books have been spread everywhere around the house. And when I wanted to find the damn book that I wanted, I could never find it. Anyway, this wall is as wide and as tall as me. Well, not quite as wide but it's as tall (laughs) and it's got all my books in it. And that is just happy days for me. And then rotating round on my swivel chair, uh, there is a shed and the listener could be a little bit confused. And, you know, I understand why you might be confused.
0: When you describe what you were doing, I'll be honest, I was also confused. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So let me, let me um, stop being a little bit cheeky and explain that I recycled my old garden shed, by putting it in my new shed, so uh, I have this uh, old shed which I've sanded down and cleaned up, and it's got all the stuff that went into the old shed, very, very carefully packed in. I think what JB's
0: suggesting there is that there has been shed cannibalism.
1: Yes, and and upcycling and yeah. recycling. Mm. I've been doing a lot of cycling. Um, and as we go 360, I'm going to get this cable wrapped right around my neck any minute now as I go around in my 360, but uh, we have then cupboards which have been recycled mm-hmm. from the house, which I've now built into a sort of unit, which I could show you, Anne, but if I start trying to do that with my computer and everything else, it will go horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, so I've got my printer, I've got my little fridge, uh, I've got my artwork from Amsterdam, which my wife refuses to have in the house. That's a story.
0: Uh, I think that's a Christmas special story, that one.
1: I, th- <laughs> I think it could be, but it's worth an absolute fortune. Uh, it, it it really is. And I, I, nearly, I nearly lost my marriage over it. But anyway, it's now in the shed, which is marvellous. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and then there's the back wall. Now, the back wall is important. Uh, it's got very little on it, apart from two framed pictures that i took um and that's going to go on your back wall that is and i'm going to have a very special clock from ant on my wall which will be marvelous but that that wall uh is my presentation wall it's opposite the intellectual wall uh, but it's where i stand and speak to my audience and then as i swivel round uh, there is a wall of windows. They're French windows. There's three of them. It's a great expanse of glass. So I can look out onto the garden, look at the the flowers and the trees and my dog and anyone else who's coming up the path. Um, so I can draw the blinds down quickly <laughs> before they arrive.
0: So it's for for the French, for Anne-Sophie, our French listener, um, he has trois doors because you said they're French yeah. doors. See what I did there, JB?
1: I, I didn't realise you had it in you. Well, oh, and also um, the other thing that isn't really allowed in the house is oh my
0: ge- banjo. We no longer need the, um, the 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 backing music at the beginning and end. We can just get JB to play us yeah. in and out.
1: Nice. Well, I will give um, before before we get to Christmas, I will do a little little banjo playing um as, you, as you
0: tell us your netherlands amsterdam artwork story spent million euros there was what? a there was
1: a there was a song actually about um down in amsterdam <laughs> and it's something to do with a house and a mouse oh. in amsterdam
0: i thought you were singing in excess baby don't cry but there you go there you go anyway there's the, that's the end of the
1: tour uh, a... actually there's one more important point actually and i don't want I don't want this to be all about me and my shed but mm. this you will remember this 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 is a foam uh, 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 mat
0: those um, are, are those the, the official ones that have been on tour with us around the world
1: yes, i'm i'm integrating the official tour pads um that go down on the floor for various weird shit things that Ant and I do, and uh, <laughs> i I am putting these on the floor. This is my carpet they are they are little sort of it's like i don't it's a jigsaw of of yoga mattery. I, I don't know how else to describe it really yeah but they're, they're, they're interlocking squares for,
0: for the for the listeners that have children these are the things you buy from a toy stores that are effectively safe matting for you to allow your little cherubs which instantly there's another announcement from jb i think i don't think this has been announced on the podcast oh you know it has been or hasn't it oh i can't remember Anyway, um, JB will be JB will be removing his said carpet tiles in favour of his first grandchild's visits, no doubt. But these are these bright coloured um, matting things that are great. Although I will warn you, JB, they're a bloody nightmare under chair wheels.
1: Ah, I have thought this through. Okay. So on top of it, will be going my uh, rug, which ah. I'm. I'm- I'm rolling about on now. Nice. So uh, I I'm basically creating a soft play area for myself. <laughs> d- don't worry about my granddaughter. I mean uh, yes, it would be quite good for her I suppose, but so- I quite like rolling about in the afternoon on my soft play. <sighs> Lovely strumming area. Strumming away. Yeah. Riffing, riffing on my back. <laughs> oh. oh,
0: and on next week's <laughs> podcast we'll take your leadership questions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, anyway, so any questions about that I you know any any little sort of queries about my shed anything else that listeners want to know of course you can uh, contact us and let us know. any further questions I'm really happy to answer. Lovely. I feel I've done shed. I think the shed is done now. It literally is done and I I do actually I feel quite proud of my shed and my achievement. I, I set out with um, a completely uneven floor uh, area at the bottom of the garden and it was made up of stone and brick and weird stuff. Anyway, I levelled it all out and I've got, I've now got this um, pretty cool studio at the bottom of my garden. It's taken me about four or five months to get it done, but it's done now and I'm very excited.
0: I'm very excited for you too because... Well, let's be honest. There's now not a huge amount that um, that we can talk about, really, um, from a podcast. I know, perspective. What are we going to do? I've what, moved. What you've constructed. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: what's left?
1: Well, we've got to think to the future now, and mm. and you know you've got some exciting things happening in your world. Yes. And I know you started telling us a little bit about it last time. Is there any more you can add? Well, where
0: do I start, really? Um,
1: so I'm
0: excited to announce that. Um, people may have seen in advance of listening to this podcast that this week we launched a um, COVID-19 um, uh, support scheme for unemployed workers impacted as a result of COVID. Now, we're not going to ban anyone that is unemployed due to non-COVID related redundancies but basically yeah we're um, um for those of you that haven't listened to the previous episode's podcast i am leaving my employer um to co-found with a lovely group of shareholders investors and founding employees um a digital live learning company um called try digital learning um have a look at the website and uh, terms and conditions apply um but as part of our launch um, we wanted to give something back, actually, so we're aware of... I mean, I'm sure all of us can look on social media and it, we don't need to look far before we find someone we're connected to now looking for work or unemployed. Um, yeah.
1: Can I just stop you there, Ant? Because this might be a good moment to just break the the um, thing because there's there's a lot of um, interference coming from your end it may uh,
0: maybe that you can hear it but um the listeners can't cuz
1: ah uh, um yeah it's a lot of lot of <clears throat> popping and and popping
0: <clears throat> it's click crystal clear on the recording oh is it yeah
1: oh, god is it more more shit at my end possibly oh
0: lord oh lordy i can't bear it no i'll continue speaking uh, about my life story and if, if you um, can solve that crackly, poppily issue. I mean, maybe you need to have a roll on your carpet and you, and, and you have a strum. See if that helps you feel a bit better.
1: Perhaps I've got too much friction going yeah,
0: on. Yeah, it's that roll-neck top that you're wearing today. <laughs> i got a
1: little static.
0: <laughs> I bet you bloody have you rolling around on the carpet, you dirty bastard. <laughs> Anyway, right. Um, uh, yes, right. Yeah. So um, if you are listening to this podcast, Job Seeking, um, there is going to be um, a series of five webinars during November and December, all in UK time evenings. So if you are currently perhaps working notice periods in advance of losing your job, but you are unnoticed, then, you know, we're trying to make it as, as accessible as possible for our European colleagues. I'm sure there are people all around the world, which, you know, again, you are welcome to join as well. But essentially, there's going to be thousands of seats on five webinars, mental health, virtual presentation skills, interview preparation. And uh, with with JB as our VIP guest in one episode, I say episode, one webinar, um, he'll be talking about mindset readiness um, in the job seeking world, which I think are really good topics. And I think will be of a real gift to unemployed people that perhaps need that extra bit of confidence or just that support. So excited about that. Um, and yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going crazy, if I'm honest. Um, I don't finish with my current employer until the end of December. And I'm already working six hours most evenings when I clock off from the one job onto the other to, to keep on top of things. So weekends are quite precious for the family at the minute because I'm being relatively... Um, uh, militant in making sure that I don't touch technology at weekends. This well, is
1: <clears throat> I didn't hesitate when you uh, asked me if I'd, I'd get involved uh, with your uh, initiative because uh, I mean, obviously, I'm involved in the in the company, but yeah. uh, the PR. Well, I don't. It's not even PR. It's just it's just a good, damn good thing to do right now, for because there are countless people yeah. uh, who are facing. Uh, a lot of uncertainty at this time of the year and it really is a tough time out there I I am now knowing quite a lot of people uh, who are being uh, detrimentally affected by this and some in a really big way and it is really affecting people's mental health around the world and I think what you're doing is superb, and uh, I, we're doing, Jamie, we're doing. You know, it's, it's, yeah, that we're doing. I think it's a really a, a wonderful initiative, and not only is it good for for those who are going to be able to um, take part in it, but I think it's also good uh, for the people doing it. I think I think we will we will really like uh, the feeling of being able to make a difference uh, at a really really difficult time for people. So I feel really good that you're doing that. We're doing that. Yes, yes. Um... So, Ant, uh, you have got a couple of pieces. Yes. That you are going to share. I, I want, because I saw those, I thought it would be useful for me just to um, bring out a little, well, not my own book. Uh, that is to come. It is the next excitement in my you life. You know why, but. don't you,
0: listeners? It's because his um, his co writers uh, are still negotiating with our producers on the rider <laughs> terms of appearing on our podcast. Um, you know we can get we can get a national tre- treasure broadcaster and Ian Dale signed up with literally just going direct him on Twitter. But my goodness, um, his co authors they want I believe pilled grapes, yellow M Ms, and if I'm not mistaken, I think um, I think it was you that asked for a well, I went a rolling around on the carpet with a, with a banjo.
1: Yeah, uh, a, a little bit of a threesome before we make it, before we start it. <laughs> but I, I, uh, we, the book cover is um, on its third attempt now, and it, honestly, it is looking really, really good now. Mm. And we're typesetting. We're, we are now typesetting this week. So, I mean, we are very, very close uh, to launching this book And it's my first book, and I can't tell you how exciting that is because I'm going to have it on my wall in front of me, uh, several copies. You'll have a copy, and I might do a little promotion, actually, on our podcast and maybe send one to a lucky listener.
0: Oh, I did um, laugh, actually. Ian Dale was on the news the other week, and he had assembled on his bookshelf behind his camera. Literally, the entire wall was just filled with copies of his book. Um, huh. and people had picked up and, and tweeted saying um, anything to promote here <laughs> so maybe yeah, that's what no. you should do on, on some of your webinars just have it and that's why by the way we're, we're all all of the facilitators that oh, try yes. to show, learn, us, show us your merchandise yeah so all of the trainers are going to have these clocks all over their walls um, with different Love time it. zones around the world so they will have multiple clocks which I have to say the, yes. click, the ticky-tocker sound of clocks may drive some yes. people bonkers um, and then mouse mats and mugs. So I will make sure in the post, JB, that one of the team sends you some merch.
1: Um, can, can you send me my Ian Dale mug as well? Because yes. I quite like that.
0: Yeah, I think actually. Do you know what? I'll get I'll get someone to make you up a goodie box of different things. Um, But anyway, Um, I guess we should get into it because we ironically we're now 20 minutes into the pod and we are yet to
1: talk a lot of shit, don't we?
0: But then I I think sometimes the listeners like this bit. I need to before we get sorry, one more thing. There has been a request for a shout out for one of our regular listeners who wants to remain anonymous. But she sent me a lovely message.
1: How can we shout out when they're anonymous? Well, because
0: I I think you let me explain and then then you'll understand why. Um yes. she is a long term listener and she sent me a really sweet message basically saying that um the podcast is keeping her mentally stable right now because her work is an unparticularly unhappy place.
1: Oh shit, no pressure on us. <laughs>
0: yeah, um and um and I then said, Do you want to shout out? And she goes, Of course, the narcissist in me says, I definitely want to shout out. Um, but then um, we, because we were talking about stuff, I thought um, she will know it's about her, but I won't name her. Um, but she's been listening back to some of our back catalog, which is quite funny, actually, because we record these things and then forget they've ever been done. And then, oh, OK, yeah, that's nice. And we look at the download numbers, which are always surprisingly good. And we don't know where you come from, but thank you. But anyway, um, she was listening back to the micromanager special episode. Because she's really struggling with her line manager being a micromanager, even more so post-COVID um, in a remote working world. So um, to that lovely lady um, who will remain nameless, but you know who you are, um, keep your chin up. And if it's still shit, come and talk to me because we'll hire you at our place instead. Do I know this person? Um, you will know her as a listener, but I don't think you've ever met or worked with her. or no- I've, th- I've mentioned her off air. Yeah. Um but yeah, I can't say any more.
1: Hang on in there. And um yeah, if if you've got a micromanager uh in your company, if they are trying to micromanage you, remember IFW. IFW and IFW is a really really cool thing just to keep in your head and I'll tell you what it is, but for those of you with a sensitive disposition, turn your radio or turn your your, your broadcasting headphones or, or speakers off for a second. It, IFW is infinite fucking wisdom. And there are certain people in the world who see it as their job to go around giving everybody the benefit of their infinite fucking wisdom. Your boss... Might be one of those where their wisdom is the only wisdom in town. But secretly, imagine your boss in a t shirt, only a t shirt with IFW on it, doing a poo. And I'm hoping (laughs) that that is going to get you through for another few weeks. There we have it. IFW.
0: What a lovely, what a lovely, um. metaphor there um shitting out IFW (laughs) Delish. Happy Friday, listeners. <laughs> Although you could be listening to this any day of the week, I suppose. Um, right. If you wish to get in touch with the show, if that's what we call it these days, I'm not sure, the show, the podcast, the program, the whatever it might be. Um, you can email us at at gmail.com or you can find us on social media. We do have a growing um, small community of followers on LinkedIn, which ironically never seems to marry up to the number of downloads we get. We get far more downloads than our, um, <clears throat> our, our our followers. So please do follow us unless you just subscribe and aren't interested in following us on social media, which I guess is probably the thing. I actually thinking about it, hardly follow any pages on of things that i consume so anyway um there is a great place to also submit questions and we do have one question which will come to at the end of the pod but as ever the, the the point of this podcast despite us being nearly 23 minutes into the podcast without mentioning anything <laughs> With about global leadership absolutely yeah, nothing But hey we all feel enlightened about jb shed uh, yeah. my business ambitions and um infinite poo wisdom so um So um, the reason I shared these two articles this week is they actually seem to have a conflict. Um, So the first article, JB, I would love to draw your attention to um, is um, an article by the HBR, um, the Harvard Business Review. Um, And the headline is um, how best leaders answer. What are we here for? Um, And. I will refer back to the clash of opinions in these two articles later on when I sew them both together. But this Harvard Business Review article um, was written by a lady called Margaret Heffernan um, this week. And essentially, it talks about leaders in a crisis being much more rigid and in a command and control mode. Um, And... Therefore lots of military metaphors proliferate and Winston Churchill in the UK probably gets referred to as we will we will get through this together but what it this article ultimately refers to is that we as leaders must help people understand what we exist for rather than the role of a CEO being an exceptionally good leader which I think you know, there's there's merits on both sides of this opinion, but this article is really interesting. It essentially talks about the importance of reminding employees what we are here to do, what are we here to serve, why do we exist, what is our why, what is our purpose, as opposed to um, everyone being very reliant on the leader to take us through this uncertainty into, into isolation. But of course, the role of the leader is to campaign the company purpose and the example it gives incidentally is a medical institution in the UK I think it's the NHS actually um, and the um, example is that actually the purpose of the NHS is to provide care um, on point of of consumption without charge to people that are in need and actually when you strip out all the bureaucracy of the organisation that's what we are here to do and when you have that purpose drummed into you guess what? Shit gets done. And it's not bureaucratic. And my God, how efficient are we doing this? When we all know that if we're doing what we said we're going to do, everything is okay. The rest will fall into place. And of course, there's no doubt military precision behind the scenes, but what we stand for is being delivered. And that's what we want to be famous for. So the article effectively, I think is an interesting one because it draws comparisons between a command and control led vision. Um, we will fight them on the beaches, we will do this, we will do that. Very operational versus actually, do you know what, what are we here to do? Um, you know, Do we need to pivot slightly? Well, let's look at needing to do that and this is what we're pivoting to do as opposed to we've got to get through this period and be very operational about it. Really interesting article. I, I'm guessing you have some thoughts too, Mr Bradley.
1: I, I do. And when I read it um, with my tea this morning in my shed... Did uh, you know I, he's in I a shed, really, by the way, everybody? Yeah, I really, I really thought because I'm I'm a great fan of Margaret Heffernan. For starters, I think she's brilliant. I often hear her on um, the radio, ready for, and she's very, very articulate. And I, I when I read this, I imagined a a circle, um, in the middle of a page, and and in that circle, that great question. And I really like the question: What are we here for? Uh, that is that is the question, and i'd much prefer that question uh to why are we here to me it's got more uh energy in it it's got more specificity easy for me to say yeah and uh i so what are we here for and then around that circle, if you can imagine uh a number of other circles around the bigger circle that contain the shareholder, the employee, the supplier, the community, the regulator, and so on. And all of these circles around the bigger circle with that intent to find what are we here for. This is the model for inclusive led companies. And the answer to the COVID crisis and what I think was beginning to happen anyway in the world is a an absolute need uh, to rethink the way that we run organisations and to perhaps, dare I say it, even rethink capitalism um, so that it is fit for purpose. Uh, for future decades, for for our kids and their kids, and I I really liked um, a quote, and I hadn't seen it before that she uses, and it's by Peter Drucker, um, and it's that a healthy business can't exist in a sick society, and I I think that for me is um, such an important point about this. You know, when when a great CEO leader says what are we here for and their their mind is on all the stakeholders in in the business including the society including the community in which they serve in which they operate I think this article really illustrates that point brilliantly and she is a a brilliant person to 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 argue the case for a stakeholder uh society a stakeholder capitalism model
0: i've not heard of this lady before so i think think i need to give her a listen on radio Four. you say
1: she's often she's often brought in to speak on um you know the the rethinking of of business uh and the way that we we do leadership these days she's well she's got a few books out there she's um you know does a does a lot on radio she's she's superb she's absolutely brilliant um very very um fond of her hmm. and her work so <clears throat> um
0: it's interesting because you and I have previously discussed this type of topic on our episodes about having a vision and campaigning it and I think as we look the world changing around us due to COVID-19. And oh my God, how the, how is it we're still talking about this, this pandemic so much beyond when we thought we would be. Um, but it is allowing us to rethink our attention on the vision and the campaign that we lead. And it's interesting where some of the more people-focused leaders that I know are probably very good at trying to make sure that they aren't tempted to move into that command and control seat during this period and are standing firm on just campaigning what we stand for and what we're gonna do. There may be a slight variant of what we are gonna stand for for the next six months until we're through this, but that is what they're doing. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because there is so much uncertainty to try and suggest you have a vision, there's every probability that that vision's going to change if it's hugely operational <laughs> as we roll with the punches. And arguably that could chisel away at people's confidence at your ability to lead because we're constantly changing our plan. And hey, look at the governments around the world, including the UK, with their constant pivoting and changing of 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 our vision, if you can call it that. And I sense that there is a bit of a reluctance because it's a command and control vision that we have um, in our country, but then I think there is also some fatigue in our country. For example, thinking politically for a moment, that um, you know we can't just say we're British and we'll fight on and you know um, stay strong and, and you know keep calm and carry on um, because that that isn't going to save lives and and things. So um, it's interesting for for you listening to this podcast right now. Um, I'm sure many of you are. You know, if you're leading people, which I presume the majority of you are, there is a degree of uncertainty, um, especially in some sectors. But what is it that you want your team to be famous for? Now, where I have a slight fly on the ointment on this article, because it relates to the next article, is um, when the business model around you is collapsing. Because... Um, as noble as it is to be the band on the, the 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 Titanic as it goes down, the end is imminent. Now it isn't as <laughs> as dark as that metaphor may be, but if I'm working in a company and I'm not going to name any industry or type of sector because I think it would be unfair to do so <clears throat> because I don't understand it, but if I was in a sector that is on the verge of complete collapse due to this pandemic and there is zero chance of a recovery within 3 years of of this being resolved um to campaign tirelessly to my workers what we are there for when they all know that the writings on the wall may seem <laughs> verging on delusion um but i absolutely understand the positive intent behind this article and the fact that it's it's designed to um to help people understand what we stand for and if the business model is resilience to a point and it's not going to collapse i think this is a really good article and advice for leaders to read
1: absolutely and i you know i i i think however that what we are here for is is a is a movable feast I, I don't think that that is static uh, because if if you've got that model, uh, which is, you know, the, the stakeholder model, where you've got all of those circles outside that inner circle, what are we here for? Those outer circles will inform that question, that they will answer that question. And so the, the, the customer will be one of those informers. They will be part of the team uh, that decides what we're here for. So if their needs change and the shareholders' needs change and the employees' needs, you know, then there's change and adaption and response that we need to put in place uh, to the customer need and regulatory change and so on, we're on it because they're part of our team. And, and it's a different way of looking at it. It's a much more inclusive approach that is sensitive uh, to market conditions, sensitive to customers, sensitive to um uh, society and you know the, the 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 sad fact is that a lot of organizations are not tuned in as much as they should be uh to all of those factors mm. and it's not part of their team they're just doing their thing and playing playing out the last few moments as they sink into the water um playing their flute uh and their and their, their violin you know they're, they're, they're not really changing changing their um they're listening they're not listening mm. they're, they're just g- carrying on doing what they're doing it's a good metaphor so yeah it's a really good a really good example i think and it i i agree with um with your next linkage uh with the eight uh, with the um hr, um, HR piece that you've got yeah, yeah. um so I think we should go straight into that. Okie doke.
0: So HR News, <clears throat> um, new report finds 82% of UK workers are confident in their leadership of the company to bounce back from a crisis. Um, so this was published this week as well. Um, I'm just trying to find the author to name check them if they have been name checked. It just says author editorial team. Um, so HR News, I salute you. <clears throat> anyway, um, what the article essentially talks about is the confidence of companies to bounce back, sorry, the employees of these companies to bounce back from the crisis. Um, it's done by an annual trend survey, 1,000 um, senior business decision makers, um, which essentially I think focuses on technology trends. So there is no doubt some optimism <clears throat> because the sector is much more, <clears throat> excuse me, in-person resilient, if that makes sense, because it's reliant on on tech rather than people turning up in my shop for example um one of the interesting stats that comes out of it though is that it talks about the survey showing 43 percent of respondents believe in the most important attribute of a business leader is to show strong leadership in a crisis while 41 percent say it's clear to it's to have a clear vision amid economic uncertainty um Business leaders are now prioritizing recovery to stay afloat and minimize redundancies with the rest of the workforce, looking up to leaders for direction and reassurance." Um, Now, then (laughs) there is some focus around employee well-being, and actually 25% of people say the most important attribute for a business leader is to support the well-being of their people, which you would think that with remote working, and distance working being so much more of an issue for managers and leaders to help their people cope through that that isn't a more startling statistic but again it's skewed slightly I believe because of the industry that the survey has attracted to respond to it technology by its nature people are remote people do have those capabilities and they're slightly more technically savvy Um, but the thing that stood out for me with this one, in contrast to the other article, JB, in the in the HBR, was the fact that this article's survey suggests, dare I say it, I am paraphrasing, that 43% of the respondents look to a leader for command and control during a crisis. They don't want uncertainty. Give me certainty, please. Which, yeah, there's my bleh on that one. What do you think? Bless you.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I just sneezed. Did I manage to mute myself sufficiently to stop that
0: disturbing? You did, but I must apologise for the listeners because it's school holidays this week in the UK and you've no doubt heard in the background um, full-on wrestling going on the floor above me. I'm in a kind of a basement office so therefore above me is crashing around two-year-olds um, shouting daddy occasionally. So there we go. Anyway, you did manage to avoid deafening the listeners with your sneeze.
1: Thank goodness for that. Mm. Um, in that article, there's a, um, there's a guy um, from the CBI, a guy called Matthew Fell, um, and he's the CEO, basically. And he says, uh, with trust in business now more crucial than ever, uh, it's great to see more. Most employees saying they feel confident that their company's leadership can bounce back from a crisis. The spirit of support, empathy, and collaboration, which have emerged during this period, are invaluable to firms and individuals alike. And I think this is the real gain, uh, if if it's fair to say that, from uh, COVID, that at last. People are realizing that our empathy, our caring um, for our employees uh, and and employee to employee is actually uh, a, a critical factor uh, for an organization's success. And trust. Trust is absolutely critical in building uh, a high performance business. and I think uh, quite a lot of organizations had kind of lost sight of the value of trust and how you how you can build trust uh, within an organization. and at the root of all of that of course are things like empathy. and y- you need to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, Uh, to do empathy properly. Uh, And if you can do these things, then it's more likely that you're going to have far better communication and collaboration in an organization where there are high levels of trust. And to be able to receive an order from a CEO who has had to go into control and command this week this month this year because of the situation that they are in there is a inherent permission uh, for a ceo that is collaborative democratic inclusively led Uh, there is an inherent permission permission for that individual to do control and command when necessary because that's grown up that is grown-up business And I think that there is such an opportunity for people to grow organisations with higher levels of emotional intelligence. Can you grow emotional intelligence? Yes, you can. Uh, And it's such an important um, part of uh, a CEO's toolkit, Um, hitherto pretty underestimated, I think. Um, I wanted to mention... Uh, this book which I'm sure quite a lot of our listeners will be conscious of but it's a bloody good read Um, and it's called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman and why it can matter more than IQ uh, that is emotional intelligence Um, just how important it is uh, to develop the brain's ability to emote to manage anger Um, to channel that anger uh, into very, very strong, assertive communication. Um, A lot of people in organisations actually don't have that facility uh, because they've actually never done the work uh, to become more emotionally intelligent. Daniel Goleman's book uh, is a fabulous journey from ancient man and the building of a brain, um, like a little walnut, and and how emotional intelligence has been built on the top of our spines in our in our in our brains, and it and it describes that the, that journey to start with, and then it talks about ways in which uh, we can strengthen our uh, emotional intelligence and use it in our in our work, in our workplace. It seems to me that there is such a big opportunity now uh, to um, support that big question, um, you know, of, of what what are we here for? And actually get everyone emotionally engaged in answering that question um, and collaborating and communicating far more effectively than we might've done in the past. So um, I would, I, on the bookshelf, Uh, of any senior leader or CEO uh, should be emotional intelligence by Daniel Goleman. It's a superb study in emotional intelligence and how to harness it in the workplace.
0: There we go. There we go. And um, the comparisons between the two articles hopefully have been tied together nicely. They do often... By accident, weave into each other. But this morning's articles, I thought, were particularly um, um, nice. The way they weaved in, and this book also connects in nicely. (laughs) Excuse me. Oh dear.
1: I think you're you're sending sort of funny stuff down my microphone because I'm feeling a bit sneezy too. Oh dear. Well maybe maybe my shed within the shed has got fleas or something.
0: I did say you shouldn't use asbestos sheets to build it, but you know.
1: Ah damn it. it. Um
0: we have a listener question this week <clears throat> um from a lady called Danielle. I have no idea on the location unless I try and stalk her on LinkedIn. Um but the question's an interesting one actually and links to well being. And the question is how do leaders relax? and I thought that would be a good one for you to answer first, given that you do all sorts of weird and wacky stuff to help you relax. I mean, you still got a full head of hair, and you're 96. It's incredible.
1: <laughs> well, so uh, it's all about the breathing. Uh, it is all about breathing for me, and it's just never, ever, ever stop breathing. I think I told <laughs> you, and I... I, yeah. I, I I think I mentioned that um, when I was looking on YouTube to find out how to hang my doors, because uh, I'd, I'd done it years ago. But I sort of I know there's there's an art to it, and there's various sort of skills and and little ch- cheeky tricks that you can use to hang doors. And I found all of that, but you know one of the most brilliant little bits of advice that I found in my search for how to hang my doors. Was breathe breathing exercises. I thought, by God, so there's a whole load of chippies out there um, doing sort of yogic breathing uh, to make sure that they hang doors correctly. So, I I really liked that because it. Do you know what it did? It made me just slow slow that down uh, and not rush it. Take my time and breathe and chisel away a little bit breathe, chisel away, and uh, what a metaphor. So for this, uh, Danielle, I I think it's not just about uh, having a lunch break or a tea break or or whatever or or then finishing work and going have a pint with your mates. That's all important. But uh, there are studies that show do 90 minutes uh, of intense work and then take a break, do a walk, walk about. Even if you are confined to your office, just walk about a bit and take your mind away from the work. Um, and maybe, you know, if you can, just kind of walk around uh, your city, your town or whatever, and just, just get a bit mindless and just, just focus on your breathing. Just breathe and just do do good breathing throughout the day. It's a real stress reducer. Um, and get get into the habit of it. And I know I sound like a fruitcake. I know I sound mad, but I seriously, before I go and do webinars, and knows this. Yeah. Uh, before I do webinars or anything, I or or big workshops, I, he'll find me doing breathing exercises. And when I've got that flow going on, I'm I'm much more relaxed. And actually, do you know what? It, not just going into the workshop or webinar but during it i'm relaxed and and being myself and when i come out of it i'm i'm feeling god that was good and you know and i know why it, it's because breathing and focusing on breathing more really good in intakes of breath really good there's a whole load more stuff i could tell you about it, won't bore you with it now but i've got a fantastic yoga teacher who's taught me a lot of this stuff and uh i i that for me uh, I think is is a is a really good art, and you can. Do you know what I can tell leaders and CEOs who are not breathing? <laughs> I can tell. I can see them. They're not breathing. When They're JB first said breathing. this, when
0: he when you first said this to me, JB, <clears throat> I said, "What do you mean? I've been breathing successfully for 36 years. Um, I'm still here." But but he raised a good point, and ironically, I think JB had just observed me doing some sort of webinar. I think. Um, he was sat next to me, We were, I think we were in the US in Denver, yeah. and I had to do something and you were sat in the meeting room with me because we were in between conferences or something. And at the end of it, I said, you know, Love your feedback. He said, yeah, breathe. I went, eh? <laughs> but um, you're right. And ironically, my, my smartwatch, I presume through its measurements, re- occasionally reminds me to breathe. Um, do some breathing exercises and um, and it it assists you in doing those but yeah I I think it's a it's a good question so I have three complimentary remarks to JB's answer to Danielle's question which is how do leaders relax Um, one is structure which JB's mentioned too. one is music and my final one is JFDI which uh, is the F is the same as the I F W F at the beginning, which amusingly I noticed JB self-censored when he said F a minute ago, but didn't at the beginning of the podcast. But so we're still going to be explicit. So I'm going to drop the F bomb in a minute. <clears throat> so structure, totally agree with what JB said. Ninety the, the research I have tried and it works. Focus periods of intense work and then a 15, 20 minute break. And build your calendar around it. So I block in on a Monday, which JB knows I call Mad Monday because it's my one-to-one a meeting day. <clears throat> um, I, sh- I book in shower time, walk the dog time, uh, tea time, lunch time. And they are 15 minutes, but they are deliberately, you walk away from everything in your room, you shut the door and you just think about nothing. You think about thinking <laughs> rather than about what yeah. you need to do. Um, And I do find that that separates it. Um, The other thing on the structure is I've picked this up in the last few weeks, actually, with so much more remote working and the lack of a commute from the time, you know, the daydreaming you get to do between the home and the office is lost when you're working remotely. So I now every day in my calendar before my first meeting, have 15 minutes of really loud music on my and JB knows a bit like him with his Bose stuff. I spend a lot of my spare money on hi-fi equipment because I think you can't beat quality sound systems, but every morning 15 minutes of music. Now, that music could change in style. I'm I'm pretty eclectic in my music mix of preferences. But it, it absolutely separates the home and the work life for me. And I then feel it's a bit like when you drive to work in the morning, you have your stereo on in your car. Um, and radio stations, as me and JB know, know to play some typically poppy, upbeat, go to work music between eight and nine in the morning. Late at night, it's more mellowed magic. Um, so structure and music definitely. Finally, for me, stress release is JFDI. Just fucking do it. Too many leaders get overwhelmed with a to-do list. They do the to-do list and you hear it. I just don't know where to start. We'll just start on one of them. It doesn't matter if if there is no priorities. And it's just a lot of shit to get done immediately. Pick one and start it. Because once you start doing that, it's a bit like that sense of achievement. Now, don't get me wrong. At the moment, I think... You could forgive me for saying that when I suspect the list is growing quicker than you're clearing things off of it. But sitting and staring at the to-do list is not good for your mental health. So three things, structure, block in those moments, as JB says, the breaks and the intense working periods. Secondly, my personal thing is having music every morning routinely to separate the home and work life. And finally, just effing do it got the to-do list, just crack on with it, and then at least you'll feel you're doing something and solving some of that to-do list rather than just sitting there getting more anxious about looking at the list. There you go. Do you
1: think that's... I, do you know, I think that's... A, I think I've never heard you so deep in all my days. Really? Yeah, you're getting, you're getting quite deep and
0: heavy in your old age. Oh, no. Well, this is... Incidentally, it's worth flagging... To the listeners, we are a year old this week from our first podcast going live on the platforms. We recorded our first is that one, right? Yeah, Singapore, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, episode one. Um, and we we actually back then, don't forget, we didn't review articles in leadership. We had a theme per week, and I, from what I recall, the first episode was well, let's just set the scene of what the podcast is, and we thought, well, it'd be half an hour, and it ended up being a two hour bonanza. <laughs> um, yeah
1: yeah crazy god i can't I that that is amazing that was a year ago
0: yeah and i think our last face-to-face recording was in the channel islands in january this year so you and me haven't been in a room together oh have we i'm sure i've seen you in face to face in flesh this year have i not with my clothes on well i mean yeah i mean the the, the the dogging sites are a different topic but we never see each other yes. because the, the car lights are quite dim
1: when are we going to bring out that podcast <laughs> anyway um happy Anyways, happy anniversary jb happy anniversary i tell you what we need to start talking about our special christmas edition mm. uh obviously i will be doing mine live from the shed yeah. uh and i i'd like to try a few bottles of wine and we have had some comments gonna look, when are you going to bring the wine out again yes we have so to. i think yeah, I think we'll do a late-nighter, um, a, a sort of Christmas Christmas special, um, and we'll try some wine out. Um, we might even try and make some mince pies or something.
0: Oh, that sounds and nice. See,
1: and see what those are like. Cook along with JB. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be good. So um, it'd be nice if we could bring some – I could go down to the pub and bring some guests up and get them involved Sing that, w- that would be
0: hilarious you know what we've never thought about doing that have we having record our respective recording points in public spaces and people come over what are you doing well be interview are you a leader no fuck off then
1: yeah so i might i might bring a few um anyone i can find in the pub bring them back to the shed <laughs> um, we wish
0: and you a merry
1: christmas merry christmas <laughs> hang on a minute sorry
0: to interrupt jb isn't it monday or tuesday next week on the presidential election day when you're having your dinner party
1: and you yes shared- a- absolutely and um deb and phil um are coming round um we're we're organizing it i've just i've got to put my foam mats down on the floor just in case it gets a bit messy um but the music and, the
0: music ambiance from your Bose system and you'll yeah, be serving le- from the shed in the shed. Yeah.
1: Dim dim lit and uh they're vegans, which could be quite complicated for me to to oh. cook something, but I, I will. I'll I'll work my way around it.
0: How how are they gonna uh, feel about your leopard skin wallpaper?
1: Well, I thought you were gonna say how they'd feel about my leopard skin outfit. Oh, um No, I know you don't wear that. You only wear they that they for me. To- they're used to that. No, they're, 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 so when we get later on in the night, and I'm I'm groveling about on the floor, bouncing around on my soft play area, playing your banjo, uh, <laughs> playing my banjo, uh, they they will they will succumb to the uh, fun and, and enjoyment of it all. They've seen it all before.
0: I would like to find out on the next episode how your dinner party went. It was an auction, I by don't. the way. For those of you that didn't listen, he auctioned off a dinner party in his now famous around Ramsgate shed. Which, incidentally, the listeners now have a nice inventory of what they can burgle from his shed. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh my god. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So it's... the boa system is is in the top right corner uh, uh, from his where his his very big computer screen is. There you go. Um,
1: there
0: we go. Right. Uh, any plans uh, over apart from the dinner party?
1: Ooh. Um, well, today uh, I am going to put this, uh, my soft play area into the uh, shed. So that that is a little bit of a manual, manual bit of work today. Um, I don't know. I think this afternoon I'm just going to just sort of slowly slide into the weekend. Uh, I might even... Yeah, end up in the pub this afternoon you never know nice. I, i'm in that kind of yeah i've been i have been working flat out to get this flat done as you know we've had some um webinars uh back to back yeah and a lot of uh, other other stuff with my book and uh, so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna chill out this afternoon i'm so- gonna get my floor done and chill
0: Sounds like a good plan to me. It's, what about you, Ed? It's the school holidays, so we have oh, yeah. lots of kiddies running riots around the house. Um, we have a foot... I think most weeks I talk about now the football match, which is the staple part of our Saturday mornings in the Price household. Um, and my sister-in-law is hoping to get her mortgage sorted, so I'm going to be helping her out with some of that stuff. Yeah and obviously I'm double hatting at the minute so I'm having to eat up some of my spare time although not weekends on Tri digital. So um yes. yeah I'm actually booked off of my day job today to be able to fulfill some try digital obligations plus I have a boatload of holidays to use before I leave. So there you go. Um so no nothing that's the thing isn't it you know I've got kids and with with t- even with a lower tier the medium tier of risk in the UK which is this lowest of the tiers which is medium but there you go Um, it's difficult because there's not much open for kids to do and the weather this week's been pretty shocking so um, we are I hate to say it succumbing to the wishes of our seven and nine year old to let them have a lot more tech than we normally would allow them to because it at least keeps them occupied and then stops them from having wrestling matches off the sofas and then the two year old obviously follows suits and thinks it's hilarious so starts abseiling down the staircases so it's um it's just trying to keep the kids alive really
1: <laughs> yeah well so, so when do they go back next
0: monday. monday yeah monday um they've only been off for a week and they're not there's no circuit breaker that was talked about as being a two week lockdown um as yet um i think i think it's interesting isn't it it looks like this regional thing's here to stay for <clears throat> for now <clears throat> but i i if i'm a speculative man i will listen back to this podcast in january um supposing that there may be a lockdown first two weeks of January is my is my guess.
1: Really? Well I think it's sooner. I think I think we're gonna go in the UK, I think we're gonna lock down within a couple of weeks.
0: You reckon and then what on yeah. the on the run up to cause I think I think most people are gonna break rank on Christmas. I think it's yeah. it's futile to suggest it. So you're right. I think the 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 gaming surely should be if if we just accept that's gonna happen, what do we do to protect people before it and then there is this ultimatum if we do a lockdown now you'll be able to in theory we will you know allow you to um, spend Christmas in groups of 12 or two households or three households Um, but yeah my money's on possibly in January no one has any money anyway and it's probably a good time for them to say do you know what we're going to lock everything down for a couple of weeks and just try and get anything out or maybe as you say maybe there's one before and after christmas which will be almost conditional of having christmas together but what a palaver and hey i have said this before who would want to be a leader in political worlds in the current climate especially looking at the news in the opposition party which once again are opposing each other within their own party which ain't gonna end well if you want to get the public to vote for you in four years time and on that sombre bombshell, JB's right. I'm going a bit, I am going a bit deep, aren't I?
1: Oh yeah, dear, yeah, you are. yeah. i like it. I, th- I think it's it's great.
0: Oh. <laughs> Um if you'd like to get in touch with the program globalleadershippodcast@gmail.com if you rate the podcast please rate it by voting at five stars on your various podcast providers because it does allow us to get additional visibility to listeners that do not ordinarily find this because it gets profiled more prominently on relevancy searches apparently um and we do welcome the questions and please you know download 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 because it makes us feel that we have a purpose in life JB, we're here for yeah jb's about to do his his end conclusion so um uh thank you for listening and um this is the global leadership podcast i'm not sure we've name checked the podcast actually recently this is the global leadership podcast and i've been
1: anthony price and i've been jonathan bradley and you've been listening to our mood music and just remember the focus on every breath you take We have been trying to be as emotionally intelligent as we possibly can and said, just fucking do it. Thank you.